Welcome to the Money, Marketing, and Mission Show, where we are breaking all the rules when it comes to making money online. I'm your host, Mia Francis Poulin, owner and copywriter-in-chief at The Copy House, a boutique copywriting agency for mission-focused businesses who want to market their business authentically, ethically, and profitably. The Money, Marketing, and Mission Show is here to help amplify the voices of business owners who are out here doing big things, those who are breaking barriers for marginalized communities, redefining time freedom, and generally getting in good trouble to make our society a better place, and making money while they do so. So if you're up for an awesome conversation, deep talk, and a good time talking about money, how we do business, and how we do good, then settle in for a listen. Hello world and welcome to another episode of the Money Marketing and Mission Show. I am so refreshed today as I am recording this for you. Uh, It is halfway through April. I am knee deep in the middle of a big transition in the business. We are releasing version 2.0 of our dashboard as I record this. And by the time this goes out, that will be fully live and out into the world. And I woke up this morning with just this overwhelming sense of calm and accomplishment and just this feeling like everything is going to be great today. So hopefully today actually pans out how when I woke up, my subconscious told me it was going to, but I think I can kind of, I can just generate that, right? So anyway, today's episode is one that I am particularly excited about because I'm bringing in someone who I have been following for quite a while. We've been connected uh, through a mutual friend for several years now, and I've followed her more closely, even more closely, when my son was first diagnosed um, as being on the autism spectrum. And the person I'm bringing on is Tiffany Hammond. And Tiffany is an absolutely brilliant human being. And she is one of the most prolific writers that I have the pleasure of knowing on this online world. And the writer in me, the artist in me, just absolutely loves her relationship with words and how she can communicate thoughts and emotions and feelings on such a a nuanced level. And I'm really excited to share this conversation. So let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany. Tiffany Hammond is the voice behind Fidgets and Fries. She is an autistic mother advocate and storyteller who uses her personal experiences with autism and parenting two autistic boys to guide others on their journey. She has a master's in developmental psychology and spends her time teaching, coaching, and mentoring others in disability justice issues. Her activism is rooted in challenging the current perception of autism as a lifelong burden, cultivating a community that explores the concept of intersectionality and inspiring thought leaders through storytelling, education, and critical discourse. It is my honor and pleasure to introduce you to Tiffany, and here's the interview. 
Tiffany, thank you so much for being with me here on the Money Marketing and Mission Show, a very special episode, and I'm so excited to have you here. So thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump into things. I'm going to ask you a slight variation on the same question I ask everyone when they come on the show, which is tell us how you make money to support the mission of autism awareness, acceptance, and advocacy. Oh, wow. I never really thought I'd be one of those ones who made money on the internet. I just wanted to like go online and advocate for myself and my kids. And I didn't know that it was going to turn into something that could make me money. I want to say the bulk of my income comes from partnerships, doing panels, creating courses for organizations so that they can go out and teach their parent groups. Few of them have used some of the courses that I've helped create to teach their local law enforcement and writing. And I like it that way because my my audience is primarily <laughs> like me, like disabled, single income, living on disability. And um, I couldn't be like a lot of other creators where they can be like, hey, this is my course. I'm going to charge like $197 for it. <laughs> you know, and you sign, but like I can't do that with my audience because my audience is not full of people who have full-time jobs. I try to leverage my social capital <laughs> so that I can like get more brand deals, make more money that way so that I can continue to give away the bulk of what I do for free to my audience, the people that need it. So, yeah. Well, and you know what? I actually really love that one because having had proximity to the special needs community, to the autism community, like the, the statistics show that caregivers of autistic individuals are drastically most like more likely to be underemployed or unemployed, right? Like that's what the data shows us. And secondly, I like that you're making the organizations pay because they should, you know, they should. So I, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your journey to starting Fidget and Fries, which I love that name. I would love to know the story behind that name. Tell me what was the inspiration and the mission for starting it? And has that evolved over the years? Well, Fidget and Fries is like a new chapter, like in my journey here online. Like I used to be two dollops of autism and it was mostly like a parent account because I wanted to talk more about my children and our journey and then how to best advocate for them. And then I was like, nah, it doesn't fit me that well. You know, I'm like also autistic too. And then that, that, that matters, <laughs> you know, and that matters a lot. And I wanted a way to talk about all of us, but then I was also reaching mm -hmm. that, a period in my life where I wanted to talk about more yeah. than just autism. And, and and I don't know if people know this, like if they're trying to get into doing like social media things or anything on the internet, like your name is incredibly important. <laughs> like I didn't realize that. And, and you can really lock yourself into like a box based on your name alone. <laughs> and I did that. I did that with, with, with two dollops of autism. It felt like I had to talk about autism all the time. And I didn't want to do that. I don't even talk about it that much in my real life. It's just like, we just live and you need to go. So 
I wanted, I wanted to like revamp myself because I'm a writer and I'm a storyteller and I'm a poet and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I like to travel and I like to laugh and I like to joke. I like that fun. And I'm like, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't do all of that with the previous account. And I was like, when I go and I reinvent myself, <laughs> I need a better name. And um, I wanted a name that was going to be reflective of like my personality. One that would let you know it talked about autism, but not be so like defined by it. So it's just like fidgets, you know, like you, you make that connection, like, you know, autistic people love their fidgets, you know? So it's just like, okay, that's there. I love my fidgets. My youngest loves his fidgets and my oldest loves fries. So I was like, okay, that works. So it was just like, fidgets and fries and then people can kind of like associate that with autism but I didn't feel like I was boxed in by it and I was like I can explore all these other parts of myself I can have fun I can share poetry I can share stories I can talk about you know the hard stuff and then the soft stuff and then just everything and I wanted I wanted a name that was gonna I was gonna do that and kind of memorable and that's how that came about and I don't think I'm going to change it anytime soon. So <laughs> it's working for me right now. Yeah. So two things. One, um, I want to know what, what type of French fry is, is the preferred one. Because for us, my, my son, he has maybe like one, two, three, four, like five foods that he will reliably like, all right, this is cool. Like this is safe. And French fries, like potato is, is probably four of them, <laughs> like different variations of potato. So for us, it's shoestring fries, but specifically old McDonald French fries or Sonic French fries, not the owner of that trademark. Please don't sue me. Um, and then it's uh, Ruffles potato chips because they have a little bit more feedback in the bite and or Rida crowns, like the like the hash browns they serve at Chick-fil-A, but we can't get them from Chick-fil-A. We have to make them at home. So like I said, four out of the five are potato. I'm curious what, what, your, what, your, what your oldest Well, we all love fries and we're generally okay with where the fries come from. Like, you know, they're fries, you know, we like them. Um, Aiden is, is, his palate is more <laughs> sensitive. You know, we went through a period where it was like, I can't keep going to McDonald's, but I would go to McDonald's and I'd say, you know, hey, can I get like a large fries? But can I get like 15 extra cartons? Right. You know, I just want the cartons. So like I can go and buy the Orita fries <laughs> that I can fry up if I got put them in there. That worked for like probably like three times. And then he he was like, no. So he went through a period where it was just nothing but McDonald's fries he wouldn't eat no other fries but mcdonald's then we discovered a rider he liked those and i was like oh my gosh thank you his thing is you cannot fail if you do any variety of a rider we could talk fries all day because like first of all i too am a lover of french fries so like it's not like it's not a thing but this the second thing i wanted to say about this was that i think that your journey of pivoting and rebranding yourself and giving yourself the space to say, okay, I know what I don't want. I know what I do want. Like 
you know, to, to a certain extent, I'm open to change in the future, but I'm going to take those steps to, to follow the thread. Really. I think that that's a really important lesson, whether you're establishing a, pa- a platform or building a business or whatever. So kudos to you. Cause that's, that's a hard thing to do. So let's talk about what for me feels a little bit like the elephant in the room, which is the state of autism advocacy. It's a very tension-filled place from my perspective. I could say as a parent, right? Because um, for me, I'm I'm not autistic. I am neurodiverse, but I am not autistic. And it's I, I find that it is hard or I feel hesitancy to enter into conversations about autism, even though I have proximity to it, right? Like close proximity. And I guess I'm just curious what your thoughts are about how how advocacy is being shaped right now in online spaces? It's a big question. Uh, Yeah, it's bad here. I mean, like, I mean, honestly, for many, like even your proximity to autism wouldn't even allow you the, the space to be able to to talk about it with so many people. Like, exactly. Even, like you either better be autistic or you don't have anything to offer. That's how yeah. a lot of spaces are. It's a mess. And then the beginning, when I first started, it, it, it was intimidating. And it, there's a lot of things that I didn't say. It's a lot of like yelling and not a lot of listening. It's just like a lot of anger and a lot of uh, hurt. And a lot of pain. A lot of people are leading from trauma and they're talking to other people who are traumatized and they aren't getting anywhere. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to challenge people to want to do something else and have more conversations about what this community truly needs and how to obtain the things that we deserve. And there's not a lot of conversations around that. It's just a lot of yelling and it's a lot of it's a lot of screaming and it's a lot of bullying and shutting people down. And and, and it's coming from from everywhere. And as a as an autistic parent, it's like I don't fit in anywhere. Like I don't fit fully with parents and I don't fit fully with autistic adults either. So like I'm banned from a lot of spaces on both sides. Right now, the state of advocacy in general doesn't matter if it's if it's um autism if it's down syndrome climate justice it doesn't matter it's 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 largely ran through a a white lens and then leaves all of us so many of us out and i'm gonna say that and i'm gonna put that in your face and i'm gonna dare you to do something about it or you need to get out of my way and that's just kind of the thing that i'm on right now and i want to see i want to see changes i want to see something new and something different and I'm like okay you you have 49,000 posts that say nothing but ABA is abuse can you give me something else can we have something deeper something further just a replacement what do you have what's going to come next from that you know the majority of the work that I do I don't do online we have to try to move from an online space because we don't live here just because our politicians got twitter accounts that don't mean that they're doing this stuff on twitter like you gotta get out there you have to 
advocate for not only yourself, but this community that you claim to be advocating for, it needs to happen when you log off. For me to say that and for it to be met with such like pushback was like, honestly, I was shocked by that. They were like, wait, we can't do this. You're being ableist. You're be- I didn't say you needed to go stand in the street with a sign. I said, use the talents and the skills and the things that you have to find your lane, but to be able to inspire other people to do what you can't. I can't be in the street, but I helped organize get, getting bananas and, and water for the people who were. I didn't leave my home to do that. I raised money to buy sandwiches and bananas and water for all the people who were going to go to Austin and stand outside in the streets. You can do something like that. You can make phone calls. If you're on Instagram sharing pictures and writing like 10-page slides, you can write a letter. Like you can write an email. You can do those things. (laughs) Like you don't have to leave your home. And you you have to be willing to want to do that. We need to change the way that, that we that we advocate online. It should always it should always be an extension of the work that we do offline. Right, right. Well, and and the thing that I find so perplexing that I am struggling to figure out a solution to because I'm a very much like, well, there has to be a solution to the problem type of person. And first of all, being told that my opinion doesn't matter, which I've literally been told, like my opinion and thoughts and experiences don't matter, which to me is a little preposterous. Like, yes, I cannot talk about the lived experience of being an autistic individual because I am not autistic and I wouldn't dare to do that. But like my experiences do matter, like they're worth being talked about. But there's that. But also, I think that you mentioned it a little bit earlier, the, the point of nuance. I feel that the solution to having people come together and for us to actually get outside, right? Because there are people who need to go be in the streets and go sit on the steps at Austin and like do those things, right? Like there there are people who need to actually go be able to do those things. Like I think it needs all of us if we wanna actually have systemic change on the policies that are actually impacting the autistic community. But you're the only person who will listen to me say that and not yell at me. So <laughs> like by and large, <laughs> but this is my podcast. So I'll say what I want to say. Right. I agree, though. And I've, I've said that a lot of times. It's like, what what do you want liberation to look like for us? It's, it's, it's not going to come about if we're just sitting around talking to each other in a circle. It's not going to happen. And, you know, the solution to autistic people not being heard is not to silence others. And, and one of the biggest things that I see is, well, I'm fighting for the children. You're not fighting for mine. Not if you're gonna sit there and be like, I wanna, I don't wanna talk to parents. Parents can't have a say. I'm not talking to nobody else's children. I'm talking to their parents. Their parents are on here following me. Their parents are reading my words. Their parents are supporting my stuff. I have to be talking to them because they are the ones that have the authority in their children's lives that I don't have. You cannot help children if you don't help their parents and their parents do need help. They need a lot of help. They're isolated, they're alone, they're confused, they're scared, they're they're sad. They don't have enough resources, they don't have enough support. And you want to help the children, 
but you got to help the parents and the parents need help. And, and so to say that you can't have an opinion on something that that's horrible. It's fractured. I'd say it's fractured. I, I think what I see just in my observations is until we can at least come together and have some type of common goal or goals, right? Like what's the baseline? And then we can look into the the nuance. Cause what you're hearing, what I'm hearing you say is like, and it's, it's my lived experience. Like there's an intersectionality of autism and race and socioeconomic status and access to resources. And like, I know I'm very privileged to have insurance that pays for therapies, even though we pay out the tooth in medical co-pays, you know, but like, I feel very blessed and privileged to have that access. Not everybody has that access. So, but we cannot begin to address those issues and have any type of systemic change if we're still, like you said, fighting about puzzle pieces. So like, let's shift the conversation just a little bit because I feel like we could talk about this forever. And I, I want to talk about first how you handle going viral. I'm using, I'm using quotes. Cause I've seen some of your posts, like get crazy, crazy traction. And all of a sudden everybody's talking about you and then you end up on a list, <laughs> you know? So like, how do you handle that now compared to when you were first starting out? Because I think that there's a lot of people who want to build platforms and want to, want to heighten their advocacy, but are really worried about having something go like really, really viral and then not being able to handle the responses. So how do you handle it? Uh, when I when I figure it out, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, it's 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 different. It's um, I think when I when I first started, I think viral for me was like <laughs> when I got like four hundred likes or something, and uh, like fifteen comments. I was like, yeah, and I and I was overwhelmed then, and then now it's like, oh, it's like a lot more, and then you have a lot more more eyes on you and um I think I handled it a little better than I than I used to I think the the more challenging parts is I like to grow more I don't know if the right word I don't say like organically but like like at a at a pace that is uh more manageable like when you have like you know maybe like 20 or 30 come in in like a week or something because, you know, you feel like those 20 or 30 went through your post and they read and they got an idea of it. And then, you know, they're there. You don't feel like you have to make a new post that kind of like lets people know who you are or like explain some stuff. But when you grow at like a super fast rate, like the Will Smith post on Facebook, I think I went from like, 10,000 followers on Facebook to like 17,000 something in like two days and it was like I can't handle that it's so weird because then a lot of the people it's like I'm like telling y'all please read my stuff first because then you'll get a lot of messages and they're like I don't understand this can you explain this or can you do this I'm not explaining it I'm not doing that I don't feel like going through that and so it's just like a like you feel that you came in too hot, too fast, and you know, and y'all didn't really, you know, know who I am. And then when they came in, I had to had to rewrite an intro post, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm black. I'm blackity black. I talk about black stuff. I will make you mad. 
I, I, I make everyone mad, but I'm a lovable person. But I, I need to know that y'all know why you're here. You know, <laughs> like, like, cause a lot of times people will see something and then they're just like, oh, go follow, follow, follow. And I, 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 that's the ones that give me the most like anxiety is when you, <laughs> people, when you get like a big jump, when you get like a jump and, and they, and that's wild to me because I just, I haven't really been with Facebook, doing Facebook too much. I like, I usually stay on Instagram and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus more on my Facebook. And then two weeks after I say, I'm going to put more into my Facebook, I made that big old jump. You have to establish boundaries more and you have to stick with them. You have to, to, to stand your ground there. And that's something that I, I learned over the years. I don't like easily digestible content. I say that all the time and I dislike it because we're humans and we live complex lives. And I know that it's hard to do on platforms like Instagram, which is image driven, but doggone it, I try. <laughs> like, like I do my, my best at trying to put as much information as I can. If I can't get it to fit, I will break it up over a day's period or something. But I, it, I can't, I can't break our lives down into small sentences and, and pretty pastel colors and, and, and that work. It's not, it's not my, my thing. You're bringing the real. Yeah. You're bringing the, the realness to it and to the stories that you want to tell, which by the way, I am obsessed with your writing. Like I love your writing so much. Like it, it's really like, writer crush. So, <laughs> so let's wrap up here. I have a, a, just a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. So what's next for you? Oh man, I'm writing a book, a children's book. Um, I'm so excited about that. It was, like as a writer, I thought, it, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be easier for me to write this book. It's not, it was easier when I didn't have a book deal so I was like yeah yeah and then when you have one and then you like it gets more real and then like it's like holy cow you know so I'm 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 working so hard on that I'm pretty much almost done with it I have to show it with my editor next week but I'm excited about that hoping that I could wrap that up by the end of the month um, <laughs> that's you know that's what's next for me I know um, I have the most amazing patrons, patrons <laughs> on my Patreon. It's like all these, these, these beautiful minds in this one space and they have so much to offer and stuff. So I'm excited about working with them on creating something more like tangible to like help this community outside of social media. And we talk so much about all the different things that we can come up with and that we can do. And I'm like, I know that space is going to create something that's going to be like amazing, whether it's a program, a policy, an app or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm so excited to be working with all of those amazing people there. They're, they, they're like either they're like me, either they're autistic parents or they're um, professionals or they're autistic only or they're ADHD. It's like a, it's like a bunch of people <laughs> just all in one space and I'm excited because this community as a whole 
has so many people, just like those people on my Patreon, they have so many ideas and so many thoughts, but they just felt like they couldn't share them. Like they didn't have the space to, to say their, their, their thoughts. And I'm excited that they feel safe enough to want to share that with me. So I'm excited about working with them on something. We're working, we're coming up with something. I know I'm going to do a few, create a few more courses this year. I think it's closer to like August or something, but, but yeah, those are the main things that I know of right now. (laughs) And then in between there, I've just been doing like panels. I think I got one airing at the end of this month. And um, yeah, those are the, the main things that I can remember. I love it. I'm excited for all of it. Like I'm excited for the book. I am. I'm like, yeah, like I'm excited for to see what comes out with your patrons, pat- patrons, Patreon patrons. So where can the people find you? We'll link to it in the show notes, but where are your, your favorite places to hang out? So you got Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Instagram. I'm fidget dot and dot fries. Um, and Facebook is fidgets and fries um spaces between the words three words i'm on patreon under my name uh tiffany hammond i have a tiktok but i have nothing posted on it and i understand nothing so um (laughs) i feel like i would love to follow you on tiktok and i feel like you would make amazing content (laughs) so and again we'll be sure to link to those down below uh so more people can follow all the amazing things that come out of your brain. Uh, so last question, and I love to ask this one of every everyone who comes on is, what's one thing that's keeping you pumped up and moving forward these days? I'll start. So for me, it is naps. Um, as, I, as we're recording this, I am largely pregnant. I'm in my third trimester. A girl is tired, very tired. So allowing myself to take naps has been absolutely glorious. So what about you? Um, mine is uh, travel. Like that's been my thing. Mm. Like I've been going through so much like stuff, like mentally, like the last two years or so, two and a half years and um, like health things and all that stuff. So I like it's traveling and, and my therapist helps me with, you know, like, hey, if you even if you don't go anywhere, just the planning of it can might make you feel good. But then I was like, oh, that worked for a little while. But now I'm like, when I actually don't go, then I feel like <laughs> I need to go. So now I'm like, I'm using both planning it and the actual going is what's helping me so much. And then that helps me, you know, like mentally. And so, yeah, travel. I'm like all over the place. I'm like everywhere. I don't care. I go everywhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love that, like, we're finally in a societal place where we can go and get outside. Thank you, Lord. So I feel it. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and sharing what's going on with you and with your platform. And I personally am so excited to support you and to continue following you and to have us get into some good trouble. Yes. I appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Money Marketing Admission Show. If you liked this show, please do me a favor and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five-star review. It really helps our show get found and into the ears of the right listeners. And it would mean the world to me to know that you got value from the discussion here. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at The Copy House. Remember, that's H-A-U-S on all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can learn more about The Copy House and how we do copy differently by visiting www.thecopyhouse.com. And remember, that's house, H-A-U-S. Catch you later.